0: Regardless of how we find ourselves in the world of divorce, the one thing we have complete control over is how we behave from here on out. We have two choices. One is to remain stuck in the stories, the anger and pain. And the other is to take a breath, adjust our sail to the wind, and work harder than ever before to create a new story for our children, for ourselves, and for the world around us. It's your choice, your work, but I'll be in your corner. Welcome to In Your Corner Divorce Podcast. My name is Carly Israel, and I am your host. Hello, I've got Karen with me, who is a brave soul because we are strangers. We met on a Facebook page called Life After Divorce, and I had posted that I was looking for brave souls to share their story on my podcast. And welcome, Karen. Thank you very much for having me, Carly. Thank you. Um, something interesting I want to tell the listener: this this interview is going to be a little different than our normal ones, and it's because Karen's story is not the air quote norm, but it is unfortunately pretty normal in a lot of areas for many families where one partner has mental illness. And I'm not a psychologist, so I'm not going to diagnose anyone, but I'm going to have you share your story. Um, Before we get into the story, I just want the listeners to understand the reason why we're doing this episode, even though there's not a co-parent involved, is because sometimes you don't have a choice. And um, just because you don't have someone to work with to raise your children doesn't mean that you don't still have to raise your children. And Karen's going to share with us how she walked through it and her hope and what she's doing today. So Karen, can you give me a little bit of background about um, your marriage? Sure, uh, we were married almost 29 years.
1: Uh, we have four kids, they are now grown. Um, I, I think that it started out, well, it started out, we seemed to be good partners, um, but I think our differences were definitely there. I was more the free spirit, spontaneous, impulsive, and he was the careful planner. So that's a big difference there, um, difference in music. And then, of course, when you have kids, that really uh, causes a difference in, with parenting styles and all. So, um, And then about midway through the marriage, about the last 10 years, he um, had to move over to Missouri for a job. And so about the last 13 years from now, um, he has been away from the family, came home on weekends. And then I think that didn't help already cracks that were there. And then the so marriage. before he moved,
0: um, what would you say your marriage was like at that time before he moved?
1: I think he was getting strained by that point. Um, there was some family issues that caused a lot of anger issues that were coming out with him, um, external family issues, and um, just not being able to really communicate well and um, listen to each other. And it was getting a lot more strained by that point.
0: At that point before he moved, would you say you were happy or content in your partnership?
1: I think we were both
0: unhappy. But did you talk about it?
1: I tried. I actually came across an email not too long ago where I had tried to talk to him. And I think I was better at bringing up um, things with him. And unfortunately, he just wasn't real open to... Trying to talk about it or or change or or what? I don't want to put it all on him because right. I, know, you know, I had my point our part too. But yeah.
0: so one of the things I always want to identify for listeners is this myth that I'd like to break that is from TV shows and movies. There is no such thing as a marriage without issues. No. it's just not possible. And I think part of our job on Earth with our partners, whether we're married or not is to grow and challenge each other and become and support each other and hold hands. And when one partner like you, and for me too, reaches out and says, I I think something's wrong. We need to do something about this. And the other partner doesn't wanna do anything about it or can't acknowledge it or doesn't do anything after that conversation. It's really lonely and scary. And then you look around, you've got four kids and there's finances and what am I gonna do? Um, it's really hard to know going into a, a relationship, is someone going to be capable of walking through hard things with me?
1: And that's the thing with him is that I know it was modeled with his own dad. He wasn't very hands-on and I don't think it was fault of his own. I think that was just his personality. He he had a hard time getting in touch with people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. having that connection. And he had a hard time with that, with the kids. Yeah, He was, he wasn't hands-on. His dad worked Away, also, also, and so um, I think that's just the way he was, which was hard for me because I was very hands-on, right? And it was hard to understand somebody who wasn't, and so he had a hard time having a relationship with the kids, whereas it was very more natural for me, and so he always just went through me to have the relationship with the kids.
0: So when he moved away, would he come home on the weekends?
1: He'd come home on the weekends,
0: yeah. Okay, and then how long was he? Were you living apart before things unraveled
1: uh 10 years he was over there 10 years before before it just got too much he um again i don't want to blame him right. he's he getting more cynical more negative um the anger which i learned later which we can talk about later um it was more of a brandishing to kind of put me in my place because i was starting to confront his behavior more so then that was a manipulative move I figured out later. Um, but all that was kind of, I, I, I had enough of dealing with that. And so that was my breaking point. So then I asked for a separation.
0: And then how did that go when you asked for that?
1: He's a counselor. <laughs> and so he's, and so it was very much a defensive questioning mode um, where he just, once again, a manipulative move where they put on you and ask you a lot of questions so that they can kind of have control of the situation. And he just kept asking what my, you know, what does this mean? What are you talking about? Define um, what does, you know, what what do you mean by done? What do you mean by I'm done with this? Um, um, and then we talked about, I said this, I just, I can't do this anymore. So then I asked for marriage, marriage counseling and he refused. And so well, if that, you
0: wanted marriage counseling, usually we do that because we want to try to make it work. Were you doing that so you had a third party to help you end it? Yes,
1: I told him that. I said we because we had talked before, we would go and talk, and even the kids mentioned mentioned that later, that we'd have these talks, but never and nothing ever changed. And yeah. so that's what I told him. I said, We can't do this on our own. We need somebody else to help us and guide us through this. So we need marriage counseling. And he refused to have any counseling of any kind. Especially if is a counselor would be the, case.
0: Yeah and And then so how did things unravel from there?
1: And so I said well then we'll need just need to separate um and so then we tried well he had lost his job um and so he had to move back from Missouri and I didn't really want him to move back but I thought I'm the supportive wife I'm going to go ahead and have him move back so we tried to live under the same roof for a while and and for me that just wasn't working i just i got to where i just didn't like him you know Mm -hmm. i didn't want to be in the same room and i didn't um and so then when he started did
0: anybody know about this around you or was this a secret
1: i told my kids right away
0: and did the kids kids know like were they aware of it did they feel surprised how did they react
1: um i don't think they were too surprised just because they knew that um um, like I said, we had talks and that things weren't working out. The, I, we lived with the two younger ones were here at the time and they were going through it. So they weren't surprised at all because they were, so they came home to his anger and his nitpicking of the house and, and whatnot. And so, um, so they were living it. So they, they, none of them were very surprised.
0: You had mentioned before we started recording that you started looking for, um, you found a YouTube. Will you tell us about that? A YouTube video?
1: Yeah, I couldn't figure out the anger. Um, he 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 had depression. I um, was taking medication for depression, but it was the anger part. I couldn't figure out the anger. Why all of a sudden he would just get so angry and a rage would come out and he'd just yell, and it was always <laughs> towards me. That's <laughs> like okay, I'm triggering this anger. And so, but he wasn't the hothead guy that got into fights or anything like that. It wasn't that type of anger. And then I read where depression uh, had anger part, especially And then I'm like, but that didn't, it didn't quite fit what he, was going on in my marriage. And so I just kept searching and searching and searching. And I came across just a YouTube video of a radio program by Ashley Burgess. And it was the borderline personality so- disorder. And she, the the minute she started talking, it was like that's my marriage. That's my marriage. When you know something's not quite right and you can't put your finger on it, and I listened for it was over an hour, and I kept thinking, that's it. That's my answer. So then I got, uh, I started researching, and I found this book. Let me show. How did
0: it feel to like feel like you were heard finally, and you got like you like you understood?
1: Oh my gosh, it was just like, <laughs> yeah, it was a great that's like the light bulb went off. It's like, that's it. I finally have somebody describing what I've been feeling for. Right. so long.
0: And almost identifying, like, I'm not imagining this, right? Like, this is real.
1: Because you can't describe to other people for anybody. Don't
0: understand.
1: Everybody who's dealing with mental illness, you can't, because when you describe it, it sounds normal. He's a nice guy. If you meet him, you like him. I mean, right. they're, they're nice guys. And but to describe the situation, because it, it's so, you know, insidious and subliminal, it's just so it's just this undercurrent that's always there. And people who have dealt with the mental illness understand totally, but those who don't we're like, well, what's the problem? You know, when you describe it, it's, it's, it seems very, you know,
0: uh, right. Uh, so you finally heard something that rang true for you. And then you found a book.
1: Yeah, I was going to show you It stopped stop caretaking the borderline narcissist how to end a drama i can't pronounce her name okay
0: um and was this book helpful for you
1: oh gosh it was it totally um because it talks about the family drama of Mm -hmm. living with um, somebody borderline but it's also a hard read because the other person doesn't get off the line um and i realized that um i was the caretaker there's a role the borderline caretaker, uh, dysfunctional dance is what they call it. And so then it really um, zeros in on my personality and what I did to contribute to keep it going. Right. So it's not an easy read for people, but I think it's important for anybody. And then I realized I knew my mom was always mentally ill. My mm-hmm. mom was borderline too. So it kind of, kind it of was set-
0: probably like such an awakening for you. You're like, yes, wow.
1: Very much an awakening for me. And it wasn't easy. Like I said, it wasn't easy. But it was to finally see the truth of what my life was, my marriage, my relationships. Um, yeah, it was very much an awakening. And then and then the, the healing could really start.
0: So what did you do to end it completely, to have him not live with you, to start to take care of yourself?
1: Um, when he started looking for a job, um, he... He was looking um, at a, somewhere about 50 miles away, and I was asking him who's going to move, and then I told him he need to move. Um, so I asked him to move out um, when he got his job, and he did. Um, um, I don't know. I guess I'll go into more detail. He had found someone else by that point. So he moved from my house in yeah. with someone else to yeah. her. And he's-
0: How was that for you?
1: It was, at first, there was a part of me that could understand, you know, because that didn't, that did not end our relationship. That did not end, marriage, you know, right. I don't want to, I don't want to seem like this big victim of you right. know, someone else because that wasn't the case at all. Right. So I could understand why he would want somebody else, you know, I can understand, but then that really works on you in another way because then you feel so unloved and unwanted that you could be replaced so quickly. Right. So then I had to go through that part.
0: <laughs> so lots of healing and pain and growth. And one of my favorite lines, it's not mine, is the only way out is through. There's just, there's no,
1: no so
0: way cool. to get, you, you cannot yeah. get from where you were to where you are today to where you're going to be in five years. Yeah. If you don't walk through all of it and all the effects. So how did, was it a decision for your children to no longer have a relationship with him?
1: they um got into a big group text um they confronted him on being with her while he was married mm-hmm. through facebook well they found out through facebook right. that he never told them he found they found out through facebook and so then they confronted him about it just because he was married and the, their whole confrontation was he never put them as a priority in their life so where, where are they going <laughs> to where they stand
0: so there was a lot of pain there for them also
1: a lot of of hurt and unfortunately he was wanting to justify his actions and kind of take the selfish route while they were telling him that you know there he's not making a priority so it was a very misunderstood uh text texting back and forth where it didn't get anywhere and he got defensive and they couldn't really talk to him. So then their relationship, unfortunately, all of them fell apart.
0: So how did you as a parent, regardless of how old they were, how did you like support them? And were you able to do it in a way that you weren't enmeshed in that drama?
1: It was really hard. That was the toughest thing for me because I didn't want, I was going through all this hurt, but I didn't want to bash their dad.
0: Right, And, and your was, children are hurt.
1: Yes. And you see, and even though they're grown, they're still hurting. And it was really hard for me, although I knew that he could be that way, but I was surprised how much he was that way towards them.
0: Right. You saw yeah. it for you, but you yeah. had, this now was towards the most important people in your life. Yeah. And to be totally
1: honest, I, there was a point that I wished I could run off like he did and right. just, you know, start my new life and have this wonderful.
0: And not have responsibility. Right. And I had the
1: responsibility of picking up the pieces. So I felt sorry for myself a lot. And I, did right. a lot of, you know, why me? But um, that's one reason I went to counseling. That was my main reason I went to counseling because I needed somebody to vent to and, and yep. have an anger because I didn't want my kids to be. So right, that, that which always, is a
0: very good thing because yeah. they even regardless of how old they are and I can tell you my husband today who I, I'm remarried and he his parents got divorced after 39 years and he constantly tells them please stop putting me in the middle yeah. and they won't and right. they complain and vent and your dad and your mom and yeah. We've both been able to watch that and say, I don't want to ever do that to my children. So regardless of how old our children are, I actually think that sometimes more damage is done when the children are older, because there's this notion, well, they're adults, so they can handle this, but they're still their parents. Like Mm -hmm. you're still their parents. You're still a family. This is still, then it makes them think, well, what about my entire childhood, Right. right? And then how that connects to the kind of relationships they want today and what kind of parent they want to be. And so when you said, you know, I wish I could escape like he did the truth that, you know, is he didn't escape like nobody that leaves four children and a family and goes through that walks away free. Yeah. Right. And you get to stay there and pick up the pieces you get to, and you get to be the mom and grand. you know, all of that you want to be. And you get to f- discover what you want and the kind of life, you know, one of the things I'm really big on once we get through the pain is like create a bucket list Yeah. and start doing things that excite you that you would never have done had you'd stayed. I agree more. I couldn't agree more. You, know? you have
1: that freedom because you don't have <clears throat> the Uh, worry about the other person's interests or likes you just do it you know
0: and the person you are today is not the person that married that person and so you get to decide through all the things you've been through what do I even like
1: and that's and it's it's kind of a double-edged sword because you're so lost I remember being so lost and so confused my chest physically hurt for three months after my because then I realized I brought my family up I had this huge guilt and I'm Christian and you know, I'm a right. Christian
0: of faith. faith. You right. know that here's yeah. what I always say. Yeah. No good marriage ends in divorce.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: And it was not you and it was not him. It was as a, as a married couple, it did not work. Right. And that's something that one of my friends has taught me is you don't say he did this or she did that. You say as a married couple, we didn't work. Right. And what's on, unf- I think the most unfortunate thing is that he doesn't get to show up and be a parent. Yeah. For those kids, because it doesn't matter how old they are, everyone always needs a parent. So you get the, you get to, right? The yeah. double duty of being everything. Yeah. So can you tell me some of your parenting wins post divorce that you are proud of because of whatever you guys are going through?
1: Um, my relationship with all of my kids grew. It really grew. Um, I'm a close closer to them than, than ever. But <clears throat> having said that, I had to change. I had to, like you said, I had to not complain and not um, be the victim. I had to right. kind of move on from that victim mode and trust that they're adults. You know, they're adults now. And um, so you, you, you normally change anyway because I have adult children, so that relationship changes. But I had to trust that they are able to make decisions and right. um, just because they made me decide to do something that I wouldn't necessarily do, you know, I'm still supporting of them and yeah. to see them grow and to watch them heal and to get over the anger and the bitterness and, and everything so um just I've become a lot more patient listener I've become a lot more patient at letting things not forcing myself into the situation letting them make those decisions and stand back and seeing things fall into place and work out for them. So I've had to learn a lot of patience and a lot of listening and that, and that they need me in a different way. They don't need me as so much a mother or they don't always need money from me. You know, sometimes they just need an ear to vent to. Right. And
0: And you know what, you are a role model to them because like you said, you know, that's the thing you, that I- think about it you could have been like many people are victim stuck this is my life look what happened and spend the rest of however many years you get left right right Which, god willing as many being yes. miserable you have a choice it's yes. a choice we don't get to decide how the marriages are going to work out we can do our best and it is what it is but at the end of the day when it's over our choices stay miserable and stuck or mm-hmm. do the work the only way out is through Get to the other side so we can become the parent we want to become, the friend, the human. We can look in the mirror and find a way to like to like ourselves and love ourselves again. And that's our choice.
1: And they pointed out that, my oldest daughter pointed that out, saying, Mom, <gasps> you've chosen to have a hard three years so that you can have the rest of your life the way you want it and have it easier. And that's really what I chose. It's been really hard yeah. financially. I've worked two jobs because I took on a lot right. of debt. Right. But now I'm to the point, like you said, I'm to that brink where I now I have the money, I go hiking, I go camping, I travel, yeah. I do the things that I love to do and um, yeah, it's just it, it's it's almost like I'm in my 20s again, except yeah. I have this life experience and I have this money to now because yeah. it's so funny because my youngest daughter I've been telling her, you know, you got the whole world in front of you, you know, you have your whole life, you have time, take advantage of it. And then she's turning around, tell me the same thing. It's like, mom, you're not stuck. You know, go do what you want to do. And I'm like, I look at her. I'm like, that's awesome that I get the best advice from my kids. Cause they're all like, go for it. They love it when I go and do things. Because or-
0: it's inspiring to see your parent living their life. I have one last question for you. And I'm so grateful for your time and your story. If you could sit down with Karen three years ago, Gosh. <laughs> as Karen today, for yeah. coffee, for an hour, Yeah. what would you say to her?
1: I'd say to keep your faith and um, don't give up. Um, keep going because it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You'll make it and your life will be even better. It's a cliche, but my life is, is better than I ever imagined it three years ago.
0: But you couldn't know that then, right? So- you always hope. But you don't know what it
1: is because everybody says, Oh, hang in there, it'll get better. And you hope it's going to be better, but you don't know what that is. And it's hard to know where you're at along this, you know, along the time. But now I can finally say, Yes, I've made it. And this is my life is so full and satisfying. Well,
0: that's the difference between trust and hope and faith. Faith is knowledge, right? So you started off hoping, I really hope this is true. And now you can look back and you can say to that Karen, and you can say to anyone else, and kids, friends, family. You need to keep walking through this. It's going to get better. Yes. I'm you so
1: grateful for to Talk story. about it because yes. they're going to see the change. Yes. I love that my kids have seen the change in me. Yes. That's, that's the best thing because actions speak so much louder than words.
0: It's, I 100% agree with you.
1: Talk about it so much. It's just, yeah, they see it. And that's the best. That's my victory is that they can see it.
0: Yeah. Thank you for being such a great light for all of us. Oh, well, you're welcome. And thank you for having me on. I'm really honored. I'm so grateful for your time. For any listeners out there who want help with divorce coaching, please contact me at inyourcornercoach at gmail.com. Remember, we get to write this next chapter for our kids, for ourselves, and the world around us. Have a great day.